and I learned a lot about this idea of creation. How does this physical, how does, how do we come into physical manifestation? And in that workshop, he said to me, Welcome to Im in Practice, where I have the immense pleasure of sitting down with a diverse array of practitioners, experts, and authors to delve into their unique journey and insights. I'm your host, Jess Reynolds, and today you're going to hear my conversation with Erin Taylor. Now, this is her second time on the podcast, and we're going to explore this really fascinating concept of physical manifestation and the transformative power of this thing called acutonics. And that's what I, I love about it is as, as a practitioner, so for that massage therapist where it is very, let's relax the muscles, acutonics is amazing. It just gives you a tool where you can use frequency to do part of the work. Throughout our discussion, Erin shares how Acutonics serves as an incredible tool for practitioners. We dive into the specifics of how different frequencies and sound can be used to promote healing and relaxation. I have to be very mindful of how I'm showing up in that room and understanding that the responsibility that it is because I'm actually the biggest resonator as a practitioner. And so if I'm incoherent, if I'm bringing my crap into that room, it, it, it's distorting the, 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 the session for sure. So there's this tremendous responsibility. Erin underscores the importance of mindfulness and presence, especially in a therapeutic practice like acutonics. Now, this study of acutonics, it's not just about understanding the frequencies. It's really a journey into our own selves. When's the last time you felt trust and safety in your own being? And 99% of people right now will say, I don't even know what that feels like. And we touch on the profound aspect of our inner lives and how acutonics is a very subtle tool that can help our clients connect with these parts of themselves without the need for words, just sound. Erin truly is an inspiration and an amazing human. So join us as we jump right into the conversation and explore the deep and transformative topics in today's episode. It, what a huge library of information. And and my my feeling is to like they're passing they're they're passing on. Like mm -hmm. they're not going to be around much longer. And when they go, they die with what's inside of them. Mm -hmm. so, and you know, maybe it's in the collective, and if you tune in subtly enough you can receive the information but um, these guys have such wisdom that we just don't have because they've gone through the ages and stages um, and so yeah I, I like grandmother Doreen Ron there's a lady in New York called her name's Catherine she does um, she was trained by it's an inner tradition from Jesus's time called the Kabbalist and it was the inner tradition which was passed down word of mouth and she's the last one in that lineage. And it's all about um, using visualization and dream work mm -hmm. to shift the subconscious, to shift the reality. So one of my elders, Grandmother Doreen, she, she said to me last year, um, she said, "Hun, words are just words. They can, they're empty. So she said, your job is to feel what's behind the words. She said, that's where, don't get confused with words. We, everyone can speak a word. Mm -hmm. And that is a form of information, but it's the energy behind the word. So that's the transmission. And so um, from my own personal, and you've probably experienced this, like even truth, like when someone speaks a truth and it, it feels, it does something, is you, can, you can feel tingles in the body. You can feel, whoa, that really hit. It can also bring up uncomfortableness when a truth is spoken. Um, but it's not necessarily the actual words, it's the energy behind the words. 
and and the feeling behind the words. Mm. And so she was very adamant. She's like, "Hun, you tune into that now." Mm-hmm. And so even when I'm speaking, it's like, where, who's speaking? Where am I speaking from? Yeah. Am I speaking from here? Or am I speaking from here? Mm-hmm. And it feels different. I know when I'm teaching, if, if, it, if I go here, the class goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I got to drop into here yeah. and speaking from here. Mm-hmm. And, and it feels different in my, in my whole body too, to, mm-hmm. to speak from there. It's where I, I find that that is my medicine. Yeah. It's meditative and energizing, right? Absolutely. Like there's those those classes you do, which which I mean, I'm sure anybody who's taught for any length of time has had to do those classes where yes. you're like, I'm I'm doing this because I'm getting paid to do That's it. That's right. And at the end of a one hour, two hour, whatever, however long the the class lecture is, yeah. you're pooped, like you're totally wiped. Wiped. But yeah. then you get those other ones when you're teaching yeah. a workshop, for yes. example, and you're you're yeah. super into it. Yeah. And you've been on your feet for yeah. eight, nine hours. Yeah. You've been fielding like question upon question. Yeah. Students are taking you aside and telling the other person, like by by all accounts, it yeah. should be a, a very draining day. Yeah. But you get Not to the end of that, and you're just like, I need to go for a run totally. to burn off some of this energy. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 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 And I think it's it's again it's speaking from either the the mind or the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so much of I can I was trying to understand, Aaron. You know, why do you do what you do? Like, what's going on here? You know, you teach here, you teach here. But what's the overarching teaching? And and it's a journey that, you know, my elders have said, you you know, we're all taking it. It's just, are we aware we're taking it? Um, but the journey from the head to the heart. And and so I look at all the teachings that I do, um, and all of them are, are moments to point towards that place mm-hmm. or opportunities to point towards that place. And I'm very much still on that journey. And... And going through the the bumps and the the hurdles with it, but um, yeah, I had a teacher say to me that this the heart understands sound, images, and feeling, mm-hmm. and the mind understands like the brain understands the words. Mm-hmm. So the idea is is the sound behind, yeah. Mm-hmm. The feeling behind, the image behind. Even when you, even when a, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you teach, um, do you see images? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's a transmission there on a very subtle level. It's like you see the image, and that image is now translated into a sound. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's how I teach. I see image, and then, and then it's transmission. Then it, then I have to make it into a word. So it's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which is a sound, and then so hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah, and the, the the feeling is behind that. Yeah, yeah. Now, how did how did you get into this whole sound thing, anyways? Like, what what brought you into to the the, the sound yeah. world? Because it's a it, there's so many points of entry, right? Tremendous. It could be music, and or it could yeah. be crystal bowls, or right. it could be right. just walking into a library and hearing a deep baritone voice and right. getting like, what was it for what you? Was it? Um, Wow. Well, my journey started when I was a little girl. I was actually, I usually don't tell this story, but I was in a, I don't know, maybe I did tell you the story. I was in a band. I, it just dawned on me like, wait a second, right? You were in a little kid's band. And, and um, one of my friends had a dad who was a music producer. And so we were, I think my brother, sister and I, we were just little, so I don't remember much. Um, and I, I didn't play an instrument, but I saw, I used my voice. I would mm-hmm. sing. And then all through school, um, junior high or elementary school, maybe even part of junior high, the, the school would have operettas. So, and I would always try out and I would get a part in terms of singing. 
And I loved it. And then I don't know what happened. I turned into a teenager and got self-conscious. At the same time, um, I grew up in a household where my sister was a tremendous pianist. Um, she went classically trained, but she also composed her own music. And there would be moments where I'd be melancholic and up in my room and my sister would get on the piano and it would just change my mood instantaneously. So I think unconsciously, I've always been attracted to sound music. Um, I would, there was a point in my life where I was, um, you could say a higher, like competitive athlete and, and I'd be doing these really long bike rides, um, in terms of training and then I'd get to competition and I'd be listening to music. So it'd always be music, which would be kind of my movement in a way. Um, and then it would get to the competition day. And these competitions were very long. And someone said to me, um, and this was in my 20s, they said, how do you stay so focused? Like, what goes through your mind? I said, music. But I didn't, but it was, it was like songs and sound would just keep me going. It was just something that was coming through me and into me. And, and it would just keep me very focused. Fast forward, going to Chinese medicine school, um, um, how, how I start to work with sound and, and, the, and the body, and even I would say, not just the physical body, but again, changing consciousness, changing um, our viewpoint. Um, just working with qi and working with the needle, I was understanding that everything was frequency. So that was my gateway into sound. I, as I was touching the needle, I was like, wait a second, this is qi, I can feel vibration vibration sound I wasn't it wasn't audible but I'm like this is some kind of sound some kind of tone mm -hmm. and then it was um I was attending a sacred geometry workshop and the teacher um he was an acutonics teacher he said you're very interested in frequency I'm yeah I am I were I'm very interested in different um different frequencies and creation and and asking these big questions these big questions who are we where did we come from um, which led me to a sacred geometry workshop and then met Ron, mm -hmm. the acutonics teacher. And he said, come and um, take a class from me. So in that class, it was a combination of meridian th theory. So Chinese is rooted in Chinese medicine principles, um, different frequencies applied to those meridians, sacred geometry. And, and I learned a lot about this idea of creation. How does this physical, how does, how do we come into physical manifestation? And in that workshop, he said to me, Aaron, there's something called the great void in Chinese medicine, we'll call it the wuchi, but the great void in other traditions. And he said, from the great void comes sound. And he said, in the Bible, it began with the word, the word. And so that's sound. He said, begins with the sound in all the creation myths from the indigenous people they'll say creation came from sounds, came from frequency. And he said, from sound comes geometry, and then geometry comes form. So it excited me, because it's like, well, if we, can, if we can work with sound and geometry, we can lead pe people back to, we could say, their wu chi, right. or their destiny, mm -hmm. or their original nature. It's just a pointing back. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot, a lot came up yeah. hearing that story. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> uh, the first is, I've, I've, uh, I've held a lot of needles and I don't have that same relationship. Like I can't say I've ever felt a needle and then thought to myself, there's a frequency here. Right. Uh, so, so the first thing that came up was that I think that in itself is 
maybe not unique, but okay. I, I believe unique because yeah. I haven't heard a lot of people who have had a similar experience. So right. that's super cool Okay, that that intuition was there. Uh, yeah. But the other curiosity I have is is about is about acutonics, yeah. right? So you, you meet this guy, Ron, and he yeah. says, hey, there's this system yes. called acutonics. And, yeah. um, I mean, what what exactly is this system about? Okay. And yeah, what about yeah. it do you find so... So amazing that yeah. you kind of dedicated a pretty significant part of Tremendous. your life to its study. Yeah. I, I feel like it was the missing pieces from Chinese medicine. So in Chinese medicine, there's an outer tradition, which we're taught in school, which is very medical. Hey, you got a sore knee, you got a sore hip, you got a sore shoulder. Maybe you have some menopause. We can treat that. Um, outer tradition. There, there's a place for that. But there's this whole other soul that would be more the yang side. The yin side of Chinese medicine is an inner tradition. It's about inner transformation. It's about evolution of consciousness. It's about remembering who you are. It was very, it was missed in in Chinese medicine school. It just became very medical. Mm-hmm. Um, the acut and so the acutonic system. It was developed by a um, a Jungian psychologist and a Chinese medicine doctor, and they came together and they fused. And the Chinese medicine doctor, she had a near death experience, mm-hmm. and in that she was shown this whole idea about frequency and sound. She was also a dean at a college, and she recognized that there was something missing in, in, in the program, and that was that inner tradition. Mm-hmm. The Taoists um, the call it Nadan, so inner alchemy and transformation. And so taking, and I always felt there was something missing. I mean, I, and I would explore it on my own in Chinese medicine. Like when I was studying Chinese medicine, I was very attracted to the five-element system, very attracted to eight extraordinary vessels. That became my almost obsession. <laughs> I'll just call it what it is. Um, and what also excited me about acutonics, it was rooted in the eight extraordinary vessels. These vessels were taken out of mainstream Chinese medicine. Um, and I understand why, because they're extremely transformational. They're the blueprint. And so you're going back to the ocean of energy in the system, which if you can touch that, if the system can remember that, then transformation can happen in an instant. Um, and so my... Acutonics is, you could say, rooted in oriental medicine principles based on also outer but also inner, inner transformation, um, Jungian psychology. And what I love about these frequencies is they're attuned to the actual rotations of Mother Earth and all the planets. And this idea, and again, based on Taoist philosophy and Chinese medicine principles, we're not separate from those frequencies. Mm-hmm. And when, from Acutonic's perspective, when things are out of, when we're out of harmony, body, mind, spirit, it just means we're out of harmony with one of those aspects. And we're out of right relationship. And the the sounds just bring, it's like retuning an instrument. Just now we're just going to retune the instrument. It's like the meridians become the strings of the instrument. Mm -hmm. And then you're just applying certain frequencies to the strings to reharmonize. And I have seen profound changes in clients. And even as a practitioner, um, working with the sounds is doing something to the practitioner as well. Mm-hmm. You're, you'll go through a lot when you're, when you're, del- it takes a while for your system to attune to some of these frequencies. Right. I mean, that, that's that, what you started with is just saying the, the inner tradition. I've always found that fascinating because when an individual studies Western medicine, mm-hmm. You really have to understand the scientific method, which makes sense, right? Because that's essentially understanding the origin of medicine is understanding the the scientific method. So that's that's how the education is structured. 
Whereas our education isn't structured that way when it comes to TCM. It's, I mean, we, I don't really want to get into the, the, the red curtain history, but a lot was lost. And when TCM was quote unquote rediscovered or reinvigorated, yeah. it was try, they tried to push it into the Western model, okay. which is study the scientific principles. Yeah. And then um, without any bridge between the two, That's let's start sure. talking poetry. Right. So this this huge, beautiful, poetic, spiritual yeah. backbone of yeah. TCM yeah. is is not no. thought of or talked about for any reason, which to me makes no sense no at sense. all. No uh, and and I, I talk to so many students and, you know, they get to the end of their schooling and it's like, how are you? And they're like, terrible. Like, what I, I this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. People get into TCM hoping, in my opinion, a lot of people hoping for this beautiful inner yeah. tradition, the inner alchemy. Yeah. And they come out of it thinking, Just, like, I'm not, I'm not an MD, but I sure don't feel like an acupuncturist, right? right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was something that you said there. I was like, yeah, this is. Oh, yeah, you know, even you're absolutely correct. You know, when we in in Chinese medicine, and you know, there's a numbering system to the points. That's not how they originally came about. There, there's a a name to it, and that name is a sound, and that sound changes consciousness. So for example, we say liver 14. Um, well, the name of that point is gate of hope. And so you say that to the client, hey, we're going to open up the gate of hope here. What that, the gate of hope, their system is going to, wait a second, that's doing something. If I say liver 14 to someone, it's like, what yeah. the heck is that? Yeah. What's wrong with my liver? Yeah, exactly. How often do we get that? Exactly. Yeah. But gate of hope or, you know, heart seven spirit path. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to, move the spirit. We're going to create a path for the spirit to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say that word in the treatment. And again, that shifts something in this, that, that word is shifting consciousness. Yeah. So in, in you, you mentioned that you've, you've seen some pretty, pretty amazing things happen in the treatment room mm-hmm. through the use of acutonics and the mm-hmm. use of sound. Um, what are, what are some of those experiences? Like what, what happened? Yeah. So a lot of, um, it's really neat. Um, a lot of my clients now, they go on like journeys. So <laughs> how do I, how do I describe this? It's like, they're not, they're brainwave. Okay. So let's talk about the science of it. Um, the sound just will change the brainwave. So, um, we have different brainwave states, beta, alpha, theta, delta. And, um, what I'm noticing with the sound because of its um, frequency, how it tunes us to the earth. It tunes us to the, to the moon, the sun, the the planets. There's a resonant frequency there that will change our brainwave to alpha. Mm -hmm. But then I've also noticed that clients will get into like a theta state. Mm -hmm. And when you're in theta, magic can really happen. It's like now there's enough space in the brainwave, um, for an altered state of consciousness. Um, I say it's, there's enough space in the brain that finally spirit can move from here to here. Mm -hmm. It's not caught in the static. Right. And then when they're in here, they're in a totally different perceptive mode Mm -hmm. and they have these experiences that are very profound and, um, and changing for them. It gives them a different, so I work with people who have had lots of loss, like loved ones cross over. Mm. They're able, sorry, they're able to connect with them and, and there's a sense of, okay, I'm okay. They're there. Um, just changes in they're able to take the helicopter view and just see see their pattern from a different point of view mm-hmm. so they're doing again that inner alchemy like oh okay i see what i see what i'm doing here so it almost ta- it almost takes them from self to no self 
from personal to impersonal to have a different perspective. And I don't say anything. They, they're on the table doing the work. The sounds are just kind of guiding them into that, into that space. Mm-hmm. And so whatever sound comes up, like it's information for them. Like we have a chat after and it's the exact right sound for what their, their inner experience is reflective of the sounds that were coming through in the outer experience. Um, and what I'm noticing is, and it made it very clear to me, like not only from my own personal healing journey, um, but working with clients that healing isn't absence of disease, absence of pain. It's a state of being. Mm-hmm. And, and the amount of peace, you know, I think, I think that to me is healing when you can drop into that state of peace um, and, and sustain it. What a gift. That's mm-hmm. healing. You have a different relationship with your physical pain, even your emotional pain, your spiritual yeah. pain. If you, if you know what peace is, if mm-hmm. you feel that, then everything else just, all the meridians start to shift. Mm-hmm. So I'm noticing that working with clients, yeah, we can again work on the outer, but most where it usually goes with people is on the inner and having these, these inner transformative moments these dropping in to hear again yeah. and saying, wait a second. Okay. And they can leave and, and have a place to remember to come back to. Right. Yeah. It's, it sounds to me like, like this, it really does address the unaddressed, not just in, in TCM, mm-hmm. uh, but all forms of medicine, right? Like one of the things I love most about Chinese medicine is the fact that there isn't even a discussion about the body-mind-soul connection. We don't even have that discussion because it's so baked in. It's like, it's, it is so much the same thing. We yeah. don't talk about right. the distinction between them. Yeah. Um, but as you're kind of describing this to me, it, it's acknowledging the fact that no matter where an injury occurs, it affects all of these. You know, in the West, we have delineated yes. them into body-mind-soul. So if we continue with that, yeah. if somebody has had an injured knee, yeah. guaranteed it's not just the knee. No, like there's going, there's not, (laughs) there's going to be other things going on. And the same thing is if somebody has been through, through grief and loss, they're not just going to feel grief and sadness, you know, like, like all aspects of the individual's being is going to be, um, disrupted in some way. Absolutely. So it's kind of sounding to me like when you use the sound and maybe we can dig into sort of Mm -hmm. how it, how it crosses different thresholds from Mm -hmm. the metaphysical or non-physical into the physical, Mm -hmm. but it it does sound to me like by, by using sound, you are addressing aspects of, uh, the consciousness. Mm -hmm. We can, we can recognize consciousness by looking at waves, right. right? right? But it also seems like it's affecting matters of, well, matter that's right and in the same way that we know that yeah. sound and vibration can affect yes. physical matter right? yes yeah really cool um so this is gonna i'm I'll, i this is how i teach it and it it kind of it blew my mind when i understood it finally and then and then when i say this but a lot of people think um in order for matter to change we have to have matter affecting matter it's very newtonian mm-hmm. and so um I'm still finishing up my PhD. I still do my experiment um, for, at the quantum university for integrative medicine. And so a lot of the classes were on on the quantum field. And this idea of top-down, um, or down, it's called downward causation. So in Newtonian world, we say um, a cell creates an organ or tissue, organ, system, body. So this is like very Newtonian and there's, yeah, okay, there's, there's a, there's a lens for that in, from 
the experiments in terms of the quantum world, it's like, no, no, no. Everything exists in the fields of possibility mm. and then comes into physicality. And that's very similar to what Chinese medicine, it began with the Wu Qi. Mm -hmm. You have your eight oceans, your eight great vessels, you have your 12 main meridians, and then you have your physical body. And so when we're, we're tuning into the different meridian systems, you're tuning into the energy that is coordinating the organizing principle, you say the subtle energy fields is like an organizing principle that's coordinating everything in the physical. What sound does, it doesn't, it's not matter affecting matter. Sound enters the space and the space is what affects matter. It's very hard for our Newtonian mm. minds. It's like, what? It's like, but if you look at something called cymatics, and that's, a, a, um, you can YouTube it, and it's where you pour sand on, it's called a Cialdini plate, and you just turn up the frequency. The pattern of the sound isn't the, the, the sand, it's all this, the dark spots, the space. So sound influences space. So now we'll take it to the meridian system. The meridian system is nothing but space. So when you're putting sound, and, and that space is actually affecting the matter. And so that's why sound can be so... Um, effective because it's it's the modality that actually influences space it comes from space and it will influence space and that is what influences mm -hmm. the physical form mm -hmm. but it starts in the in the you can say in the the subtle energy fields yeah. and then also learning too like working with the physical body and the meridian system like that's just a psychology and the physical body is just the output, the, the, sub, the reflection of the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And so when someone is coming in with that sore knee, it's like it's a reflection of the, some, some kind of, you could say, um, something's happening in the subconscious mind where there's been a, a break yeah. or something needs to be seen there. Mm -hmm. And so you can track it. And that can be information for the person in terms of whatever frequency you apply there. So for knees, it's like Saturn. Saturn has a deep resonance with the knees, mm. the bones, and the structure. And so if the structure keeps, if someone's going through complete restructuring, which can happen after a loss or grief, oftentimes you will see the actual physical structure start to change. And that's that body, that's that system trying to get into right resonance with their own Saturnian energy, which is about structure, discipline, what are you manifesting here? What are you taking out into the world? When you're out of right relationship with that part of your psyche, then you're going to feel depressed. You're going to have, yeah, it's going to show up in different ways. Right. So it can be a real, the, the, the tones can actually be a really good reflection or mirror for the person, you know, going through something. It's like, hey, this is your Saturn energy. And just knowing that, it's like, wait a second, what is my structure? Mm -hmm. Where am I going? What are, do I, am I good with boundaries? Am I not? Because that's also Saturn. What came up as you were describing that was the, the utter importance of, of this word subtle. When uh, I was doing this one project, I can't remember what I was working on, but uh, I was looking up, I think I might have actually texted you about this years ago, but I was trying to define a sage practitioner. I was oh, trying yeah. to define, yeah, like, <laughs> what exactly, according to the traditional texts, yeah. is is like this sage practitioner, because right. in these, these, these ancient texts, these, these doctors are always referring to yes. the doctors of yesterday and the right. sage practitioners. Yeah. Like, what exactly are they? Yeah. And I looked up the characteristics of what a sage-like doctor is. And there's a number of them, you know, like they, they can time travel and they've got x-ray vision and things like mm -hmm. that may or may not be true. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that came up a remarkable number of times is a sage-like practitioner is subtle. Yeah. 
And in the ancient text, this word subtle comes up so, so often. And I think, I think that's, that's really cool that, that the acutonic system and what you're practicing, it, it works on this subtle subtle. level. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, the way enter in that, in this, in the, the unseen world, the way energy works is the more subtle, the more powerful. Mm -hmm. And again, in the physical, we think, no, if we want to move something, we have to exert great force. But in the energy world, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. And especially working with the eight extraordinary vessels, it's such an subtle energy that in order to really tap into that aspect, I say that it's the, the meridians of the soul. Um, you yourself, your whole being has to become quite subtle Mm -hmm. so that you can feel it. But, but they're the oceans and those oceans have great power. Right. And so they're the most subtle, but the most powerful. Mm-hmm. And so it's about, yeah, tuning in. Yeah. Um, Ted Kapchik, he wrote in his book, um, The Web That Has No Weaver. I read this so many years ago, but it really, this is before I knew anything about anything. Um, and, but it stuck with me. He said in, it was like in the last part of the book, he said the highest um, form of practicing Chinese medicine is no needle insertion. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's w- what I'm learning about subtle fields is um, even using sound that the, the biggest resonator in the, the treatment room is my own subtle, my own energy field and the client's energy field. And so I have to be very mindful of how I'm showing up in that room and understanding that the responsibility that it is because I'm actually the biggest resonator. Yeah as a practitioner. And so if I'm incoherent, if I'm bringing my crap into that room, it, it, it's distorting the, 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 the session for sure. Mm-hmm. So there's this tremendous responsibility of, of, um, knowing, yes, you're human and you have your stuff, but you have to drop it. Right. You have to drop it if you're going to go in and do this work on these levels, because, um, or else you're just going to be transmitting that to the, to the client. And then, and then with the sound, what I'm noticing it amplifies. So if, if there is a, uh, an emotional state and that now I'm using the sound, it's going to just absolutely amplify that. Mm-hmm. And again, how do we test this? I'm not sure. I just know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been with people too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can work, walk, and we just know this. You can walk into a room full of people and you just know, it's like, hey, I can, okay, I know what's going on here. And you're just picking up the, the subtleties. But, but then you add sound and frequency to that. You're just going to amplify what's ever in the field. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about the, the I, I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I preach this nonstop about yeah. how important it is as a practitioner to yeah. sort of monitor your state prior going in going into a room and yeah. i was thinking well what, what do i do you know like when i'm about to walk into a room and i'm i'm not in a good state for whatever reason mm-hmm. it's uh it's music like a hundred percent of the time if i've got a client coming and i'm like i need to zone in yes i just throw on some tunes yes and just some, it shifts everything. it shifts immediately yeah. and and i mean if you think of of movies yeah imagine imagine watching a movie without a sound track like that would be terrible it would, it? nobody would watch it no. because it's the soundtrack that, that's right well in poorly done movies yeah it's the soundtrack that tells us exactly what we should be feeling and when we should be feeling all right so this idea of that that sound uh shifts us sometimes it's not so subtle sometimes right. it's it's very very obvious yeah. yeah and then like you said there are those other situations in which you you walk into a room and you're like something's not right here yeah. or as as a teacher yeah 
you walk into a room oh, and yeah. you 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 can see like you yeah. walked into the room and some you haven't made a noise and yet people turn around and they're yeah. like oh the teacher's clearly here because there's been a shift in the energy totally right? mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. and i think you know as we're evolving here we're getting more and more um sensitive to the mm-hmm. subtleties like to have this conversation could you imagine having this conversation with your grandma or grandpa <laughs> they'd be they'd look at you like you're yeah, what are you would. talking about kid <laughs> no mm-hmm. just go chop your wood just, that's it it's what we're doing mm-hmm. but now like no we could like i think my sense is we're going through this giant evolution we're in it we don't know what we're evolving into mm-hmm. but my my excitement comes from if our energy, again, this idea of the subtle fields creating the physical body, if the subtle fields are changing, changing geometry, you know, as, as a subtle field goes up, you can up or down in consciousness, it's going to change its geometry and the geometry is going to change form. Where I get really excited is what form are we turning into? Mm-hmm. Our different aspects of our, um, you could say vestigial organs, the ones that are junk, are they going to turn on? Is there a significance to that tailbone? Mm-hmm. Is there a significance to the tonsils? Is there a significance to the pineal gland? Is there a significance to the thymus? Mm-hmm. These are all subtle centers in the Western world where they said, hey, that's junk. Mm-hmm. You don't need it. And I say, divinity does not create junk. <laughs> There's a reason for it. And are these just access points that have yet to be turned on? And is there a reason for it? Uh, I'm curious about, like, like you said, like what else is coming back? Because yeah. there is no question no. the environment we are in as yeah. humans yeah. is fundamentally different than, than I mean, recorded history for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. curious. Very. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah. And I. It, we're. I. I it's, it's a, a hard time to be alive because it's like, okay, there's a lot of unrest. There's mm-hmm. a lot of chaos going on. But you know, from an al- looking from an alchemical perspective, chaos just means transformation. Mm-hmm. And transformation is evolution. And so we're kind of in this, to be alive at this time is quite exciting. It can be challenging, but exciting because we are in this giant evolution. We don't know where it's going, but we just know we're not here, but we're not here. We're kind of suspended between these two parentheses right now where we've left something old, we're moving towards something new, and we don't know exactly what that is. Trying to make sense of it, but it's not fully there yet Mm -hmm. like we're writing that story and so maybe in a hundred years you know people say okay my gosh they were in that transition point now we're stabilized here but we're just in a giant we know we can't go back but what are we moving towards um and so I'm finding a lot like in terms of my own personal practice um my own clinical work I get a lot of those clients who Mm -hmm. are in that in between saying hey something something not sure what I'm in the unknown you know, that, that brings up an interesting point about in, in your practice, this is the type of people that you're seeing and you, you likely attract them because of word of mouth at this point mm-hmm. in time. And I mean, there's, there's no question that we, we attract what we put out. That's right. Um, but so you're, you're, you're a sound practitioner primarily, and this is the type of person that largely comes to see yes. you. And it seems like it's a pretty, pretty darn good match. You yes. Know, people are dealing with these existential questions oh, right. exactly. and these profoundly energetic things. And yeah. they're like... I know yeah. I'm going to go to Erin because right. she works with sound. Right. But let's, let's take, let's take somebody else. Like, let's take a practitioner who's either been uh, practicing just acupuncture or massage therapy mm-hmm. or yoga or whatever it is. Yeah. And they've got sort of their, their thing they do, which let's in this example, say a good portion of their client base are, are the physical problems. Right. Yep. 
And then they come and they're like, you know what? I just heard this podcast with uh, yeah. Aaron about acutonics and yeah. that's all I want to do right. is just yeah. acutonics. Yeah. But they don't have the clients for it. Right. Right. So what do they do now? They, they, they go through this workshop and I want to talk about what they would learn right. in, in workshop. Absolutely. But they've, they've got this new skill, right? Okay. Yeah. They now know how to, to use sounding. Yes. To, to some degree. Yeah. But still, their client base is made up of people coming in, and they're With just real like, physical. "Yeah, like I just want, I just want my back massage. That's right. Like I just want my my shoulders worked yeah. up." How how does this modality help the average practitioner, or should it? Yeah, mm-hmm. really great. Um, I think that's what I love about this system is it's multidimensional. So what I mean by that is 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 you can work on the physical. They're all connected. So physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all connected, mm-hmm. and it's just learning. Okay. where's that person coming at and what language do we use? Mm -hmm. I have found even being a teacher, not only a practitioner, but a teacher, I've had to, even though I'm speaking English, it's about understanding the language that they can hear. And so if someone's coming in with really physical, great. There's sounds for that. Um, Pain, there's sounds for that. And it's very simple. It's Mm -hmm. like, hey, this just, this just moves the, moves the pain, creates space so pain can move Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. Even even easier, this is what relaxes the muscle. On a more, mm-hmm. that that's one dimension of, of a certain frequency. On a different dimensional beast, this is going to move the chi so that it creates space in your whole nervous system so you're, you can respond and not react. And then on a real high, high level, it's like, hey, this is going to connect you back to the heavens, mm-hmm. this frequency. So from a sore back, the same frequency works to, you could say, move the chi or right. relax the muscle to that next dimension, which is creating space so your nervous system can respond and not and not react to a very high level, hey, you're going to connect back to the heavens here. Right. I think something also cool as you're describing that that came up is maybe there there's there's a lot of people out there who they, they're kind of tired of the being the body mechanics or mm. they're tired of being the pain doctor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. They, they want this change. Right. But, you know, their they're client base, people coming in for, for pain or whatever, yeah. The idea of doing some form of, of energetic medicine or some non-physical medicine to their client right. base is like, oh, you know, I don't know. So making that yeah. transition into yes. maybe what they're more compelled yes. to do or they yeah. more want to do. This seems like a pretty nice transition. It is. Because it's 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 effective, yeah. right? It's quick. It is yeah. still physical, right? It is. We can explain it on like, you know, Absolutely. some other modalities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That we can't really explain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what I... I love about it is as, as a practitioner, so for that massage therapist where it is very, let's relax the muscles, acutonics is amazing. Mm-hmm. It just gives you a tool where you can use frequency to do part of the work, to relax and, and to relax the muscle before you even touch it, mm-hmm. just using sound. Um, and the really interesting thing as a practitioner and even for the client that the sounds will teach you. So for example, um, the frequency of Jupiter, um, it works up brilliantly for sciatica Mm. it responds it corresponds it's the biggest planet corresponds to the biggest organ which is the liver the biggest nerves the sciatic nerve it in our psyche it's 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 the or you could say our soul it's the part of the part of our psyche or soul that is all about expansion all about um um, space movement travel joy Mm. excitement zest for life passion and so um you can start to talk. So if you were, someone comes in with sciatica, sure, use your Jupiter fork. But then you can also explain to your client what Jupiter means. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can ask them the question, are, do you have joy in your life? Are you more hopeless right now? 
the Jupiter gives us that state of hope again. Right. So it can work for depression. So mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you can start the dialogue. Right. Right. So it's like a language. It's a language. And that's so cool. Because, I mean, yeah. I think that's that's one of the things that isn't, in my my experience, talked about at all, no. how, you know, you've got the language of medicine, that's learning right. Latin. Yeah. But when it comes to how we communicate with, with clients, finding a language that, that allows us to communicate what we're doing in a way that's palatable to that's right. both them and us is yeah. super important. It so is. it sounds like when a person learns Icutonics, they're learning a whole bunch of things, one of yes. which is, here's a new way to describe yes. what maybe you're experiencing intuitively or exactly. perhaps you, you've experienced um, physically in, in Absolutely. The, the clinic. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 it's, and it's amazing because once you ask the client that, so they're laying on the table of sciatica um, and you ask them about their state of joy or hope or when's the last time they were just really silly and playful. Mm. Um, 99.9% of the time, they're like, I've, I've lost that. Right. And so you start, so right, it, it, it almost acts, the sound can almost ask, act like a diagnostic for what's happening on the psyche or soul level or emotional level. So even if it's physical, hey, mm-hmm. that physical correspondence is with Jupiter and Jupiter corresponds to this aspect of your psyche. So even just to have that conversation, just that question, it starts to open the chi. Mm-hmm. The person is now engaged in their healing. And that's what I love about acutonics. I think we're getting to a time where we have to not just be passive on the treatment. It's like that person has to be engaged and active in terms of shifting their consciousness. And so to just go back with the same needles or the same forks or the same massage week after week, sure, there's relief, but that's not transformation. That's Mm -hmm. just relief. Mm -hmm. But to have that dialogue and say, hey, tell me about your joy, your level of hope. Are you, are you hopeful? And 99% of the time, they say, actually, I'm really depressed. Yeah. And now I have this sciatic, and now I have this. I'm, And that's a lot of contraction. So what does Jupiter do? It creates tremendous expansion, not only in the body, but in the psyche again. It's like, oh, okay, I can feel that space again. Mm-hmm. And so um, it gets them involved, which to me is transformation. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great dialogue. It's good for the – it takes that passivity out of you're just showing up and we're just going to do the same thing week mm-hmm. after week. So as you were describing that, um, you ask the question, you know, how, how's your sense of joy been, mm-hmm. for example, when was the last time you played? Mm-hmm. One of the things I really appreciate about that is we all know that the scope of practice is a thing That's in right. what we do. And yeah. we need to be so, all of us Very. need to be so careful with, yes. with how we communicate with our clients. So there's that, that, that truth. Mm-hmm. And for, damn good reason mm-hmm. right but then we got this other truth mm-hmm. which is our clients talk to us mm-hmm. a lot yeah and they treat us like their counselors not all the time not That's every right. client but so often that i think not acknowledging the fact that yeah. these conversations they're going to come up so how does yeah. one do both of those how does right. one stay well within scope of practice yes. be safe be careful yeah. but also not just tell the client like, oh, we can't talk about that. And again, yeah. it goes down to this language because yeah. when we're when we're using the language of what it sounds like uh, acutonics would teach an individual, mm-hmm. it's very safe language because yes. we're not saying like, um, like tell tell me why yeah. you're not experiencing joy. Yeah, it's a simple curiosity. That is. It's when was the last time you experienced yeah. joy? Yeah, and we don't we don't have to be a counselor psychologist. We just no. suddenly it seems as though yeah. you have a set of inquiries which yes. the power of a good question yes oh my god <laughs> exactly we have a set of questions we yeah. can now ask yes that helps sort of 
unlock aspects of, of psyches that, yeah. that really does lead to transformation. Yes. Because that, that's that's so much the case. You know, people come yeah. to any more any practitioner yeah. of any modality with this fix me mentality. Yeah. That's just not how it works. Not it's at not all. how it works. Not at all. I mean, even in surgery, it's yeah. not how it works. I mean, yeah, the surgeon is going to remove the yeah. the the abscess or repair the ligament. Right. Sure. Yeah. But that's not what leads to greater function no, afterwards. No, no so, so I think you, 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 you're very keen in that observation yeah. that we need so much more active participation in the oh, clinic yeah. room across the board, yeah. across all modalities. Yeah. We need to, to stop just, well, not all of us, because yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love a good relaxation <laughs> massage. Exactly. Like, Nobody talk to me. Yeah. Put me down on the table. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. But even in those situations, yeah. if somebody were to say be be working through my hip and they would yeah. find something, because yes. we all do, right? Yes. Instead of saying like, oh, that hip feels awfully tight. Yeah. Suddenly we could ask a question, just a subtle question. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm just curious, you know, yeah. working in on the hip. Yeah. When was the last time you experienced joy? That's right. right? Just a very subtle question. Very subtle. And it gets the, it gets that person to self, it gets the awareness to go inside. Mm-hmm. And that's where transformation happens. Um, the, we have a journey out here and it's great, but so many of us are afraid to go behind the eyes to see what's there. And so what that does is it actually allows for that movement to happen, to go behind the eye so that we can make that journey there. So to even just ask that question, when's the last time you felt some joy? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the journey is now coming behind the eyes. And in that movement, just that little movement behind the eyes, something has shifted. As you say, you've unlocked the story. And really what we're doing in, in what I'm noticing in, in healing transformation and coming back to wholeness is unlocking where there's been blocks in the history. Mm-hmm. And we're unwinding the story and making, making peace with our history right. so that the story can continue on, the destiny can unfold. Mm-hmm. And when there's a block in the story, there's a block in the meridians, and then the body says, hey, here's the block. And so it's understanding, okay, what is that story? So even even the extraordinary vessels, which are, you could say, the embryological vessels, these are the vessels that coordinate. You could say these are the ones that are the energy of the DNA, the energetic blueprint of the DNA. They are the organizing principle of all life. They're the, the guides that guide embryological development inside the womb. You know, when you ask the question, how do two cells come together and form a complex being? These are your eight extraordinary vessels. Mm. And... So one of the vessels, uh, the daimai, um, again, goes around the hips and it actually wraps around the whole body in a spiral, the Fibonacci spiral, mm-hmm. go, go figure. But it has a resonant frequency of forgiveness. And so now, okay, great, you can even drop that into the room. So in the teachings uh, in Acutonics, I'll, I'll teach those resonant frequencies of the extraordinary vessel. So you, if you're working with someone with, um, you could say, a lot of anger, maybe some hip issues, um, some frustration, some resentment. You ask them, like, if you were to tune into your body, can you feel what forgiveness feels like? Mm-hmm. You could even ask some questions, where have, your bound- have you had a lot of boundary violation? That is information, and that, okay, they're going to have to, okay, maybe there has been. And just even them adm- putting the light of conscious on it, it rewrites the story. Yeah. It just needs to be seen. Mm-hmm. And so the vessels act as like... Um, ways to it's like dropping it's like a wishing life I find like when I say the word forgiveness 
it's just like you're 70% water, that word forgiveness is going to start to shift the, the water. It's going to, the water is going to start to shift. Um, another frequency of the, the vessels is trust. You say that word, hey, when's the last time? Someone coming in with lots of um, lower backache, right? All the kidney stuff. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you felt trust and safety in your own being? And 99% of people right now will say, I don't even know what that feels like. So these are all really amazing ways to uh, turn awareness inside. Mm -hmm. And when that movement happens, that's the transformation. Mm -hmm. And so the vessels and which are rooted in the acutonic system and the sound, which acts as a representation of not only our physical body, but our emotional and our spiritual body. They're tools for the practitioner to start those conversations to me in a, a, a um, where you're staying in your lane. Where you're just like, hey, this is just what the sound is saying. How does that resonate? How does that feel? Yeah. When I was uh, creating sort of the, the, the webpage for Acutonics, the course that's coming up, I, I was uh, looking at the the really long list of accreditations that yes. there now is in Acutonics, right? Like Acutonics level 750 or something like that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I might be wrong on this, but my, my assumption is you, you do, do you dig into this level in level one of Acutonics? Like what, what's that all about? Yes. Like do you tiptoe into this? Tiptoe. I mean, yeah, tiptoe into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So the way it's set up, it's uh, I think we're at nine levels to become fully certified, I think it's nine levels now, uh, two electives, mm-hmm. and then a thesis project. Um, and then you get fully certified. But each level, I tried to, when I first started Acutonics after level one, I want to go to level eight. I think it, at the time it was level eight, which was Sedna. So I phoned Acutonics and I said, hey, can I come and do the level eight? They said, absolutely not. Um, there's a reason we take you through each step. Mm-hmm. So for example, level one, they're earth-based frequencies. So the different rotations of the earth we'll t- discuss, um, the applications, like where does that resonate? What organs does it resonate? What, how, when are we going to use these earth-based frequencies? And then also the sun and the moon and, and the, the correspondences with the sun and the moon. And again, our, our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual bodies and when to use it. So that would be level one and level two. Now we go into octaves. So now we're going from low, mid to high frequency. And then level three, we now go into planets. And level four now into asteroids, you can see we're moving further and further and further out of the solar system. So we're going that from the earth to the solar system represents aspects of our consciousness. And so we don't want to just go from earth to Sedna, which comes around every few thousand years, Mm -hmm. which is in the coming from the Oort cloud, which is way deep, deep, deep space out there, which means deep, deep space in here. Mm -hmm. And again, there's an ethic to it. Yeah. It's like, we don't want to take you there. That's too big of a gap. So we take you up the levels in a very, um, supported way. So level one is just really getting you attuned to the earth, the sun and the moon. And it's powerful. I stayed with that in my own practice for about five years before I took a level two, wow. just to, <laughs> just to really absorb mm-hmm. and ca- recalibrate. And yeah, so I, I really I took appreciate that so much. Yeah. Again, we go back to the subtle because yeah. There's a time and a place for a sledgehammer. There is, yes, right? Absolutely. And I mean, we, we talk about like like psychological and metaphysical sledgehammers. Again, there's yeah. a time and a place for those yeah. things. But they're few and far between. Yeah. And in my experience, they, they should be wielded by somebody who is very yeah. well-schooled in whatever yes. 
lineage or modality, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, maybe it's fortunate. I don't know. I don't know. I say unfortunate, but who, who am I to say? Mm -hmm. Well, my experience has been that where we're living in a time where it's really easy to get yes. a sledgehammer. It's it it's no problem at all to go for an ayahuasca retreat. Yeah. Yeah. No problem whatsoever to do a, a ketamine. Yes. Fine. Yeah. Those are powerful and beautiful yes. medicines, but they're sledgehammers. Yes. And for a lot of people, what they they need is they they need a paintbrush. That's right. Like we're not we're not breaking down walls. We're making no. a painting to put on a wall. We're That's doing right. these subtle little shifts. Yes. So the fact that that it is such a gradual system, I think, is so unbelievably yeah. important. And, Absolutely. And there are there are not that many modern schools of thought no. in which you you move through it at a preordained pace. That's right. Um, yeah. Which again is is largely due, in my opinion, to our, our culture. Everybody kind of wants to do the sadna now, Absolutely. and a lot of courses and yeah. programs are going to be like, you know what, yeah. you you you're paying us, right? Yeah. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. Yeah, sadna yeah. it is. Yeah. So the the fact that we have a system that still really has a backbone in ethics, I think, yeah. is also really cool. Oh, it's tremendous, and mm -hmm. I I think that's what I love about the acutonic system is one of your classes will be ethics. You know, we talked about staying in your lane. Um, we do offer a class on trauma. You know, um, it's an elective because they understand that, that how sound, um, and the meridian system can really help create space for someone to see and, and, um, create a different relationship with traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. I'm mentoring right now, um, two students, one's in Australia, one's in Florida and the one in Australia, she's doing her whole, um, thesis project on intergenerational trauma and mm -hmm. using sound. And it's, it's profound what's happening wow. just using sound. And just to sort of interrupt, but yeah. what type of practitioner is she? She, I think her background might have been, it might be like psychology. Okay. Um, but she's not even doing psychology with them. She's just applying sound to different meridian systems. Um, and she's noticing that what it's doing, it's creating that space to say, I can see that trauma and I can change my response to it. It's not reactive anymore. The emotional charge is starting to shift. I'm seeing it from a different perspective. And so um, it'll be interesting at the end of her study, she's still doing the, the research, um, but looking forward to reading her, her thesis and what she found with it. Mm -hmm. So um, the, what I love about the acutonic system is, is its ethics, you know, especially right now when sound is becoming so, um, it's exploding. Mm -hmm. And I've had direct experience of the power of sound uh, used not in a balanced way and, the, and then the, the repercussions from that. Right. So. Um, can, you, can you tell me about it? Yeah. What so happened? I was, I don't know if I've told you the story. If I have, then um, I was called on to a team. Okay. I was called on to a team um, of... Uh, uh, it was a gal in, she lived in Germany. She was a DJ and she took a level one acutonics class. And in level one, we, I mean, they're, it's powerful medicine. You have, we talk about sacred geometry. We talk about sound and we talk about the meridian system. Well, these are high voltage systems now all coming together as one. So she took a level one from a colleague of mine in Israel. She's a teacher in Israel. Um, this woman is now, she wants to do a collaborative um, work together. So she's calling in a group of women from physicists to myself to herself, who's a DJ, like a sound. 
she just got accepted into this school in Budapest called the, I think it was the 4D sound school or 3D sound school. So it was an amazing technology where, and I, I was blown away by it. You can put in any kind of sound and the, and then it was an open room into this technology and you stand in that room and you can actually feel how sound can actually shape space. Mm. It was tremendous. So I was called on this team. She wanted to use acutonic sound and what she was doing was creating geometry in that, in the space. Well, it wasn't balanced. So, so she got me into the, to the room. She put the sounds through the machine and the machine made these geometries, sacred geometry, um, and had me lie there. And after the treatment, I said to her, wait a second, you need more ohm. You need more ground. I mm-hmm. said, this is too, this is not balanced. Um, and then her, her mentor at the sound school came in and he wasn't, I was going more from the energetic perspective. I could feel whatever she was doing. It was hitting the pineal way too intensely. Mm -hmm. It was going to cause damage. Her instructor came in and said, you got to put more bass in. So we're saying the same thing. I'm like, you got to use more ohm, which is bass. And he's like, you got to, this is not balanced. Mm -hmm. So he knew acoustically even like something's not right. Well, she didn't listen. And then she took a bunch of people through, she wanted to test it out. Well, people were, a few people ended up in the hospital Whoa! with migraines that they couldn't get out of control, um, nosebleeds. And so it was so good for me just because it was like, these frequencies are powerful. They have to be, you have to understand what you're working with. And when you do, you can do no harm, but you have to have proper training. Mm-hmm. And so right now in, in the world, I'm seeing sound exploding. Um, I've been to different um, you could say big meditations with sound and leave very discombobulated. Again, the responsibility with sound is, is huge and knowing what you're working with, but the acutonic system, make sure that you're so, um, you understand it so well that you, you will use it responsibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It seems like there's, there's there's not much choice but to do that, which is, is good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even moving into, you know, this new age where it's like this age of Aquarius is, is really about, when I can see a balancing um, technology with ethics, mm-hmm. and not just even in the sound world, but just in life, like where mm-hmm. our technology is exploding, and it's like, do we have a good ethos, a proper ethos to support that rise in technology, or are we going to abuse it? Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's a yeah, it's, it's a, pretty cool. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So with with this, like the everything you're talking about, how things are moving very quickly and sound mm-hmm. is exploding. Um, What's what's sort of next, either in the 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 lineage and school of acutonics, mm-hmm. or for you personally? Like, what are what are you super interested in when it comes to what you do and what's down the pipe? What's down the pipe? That's a great question. I did a very transitional part part of my life. Um, <laughs> um, my uh, I my f- uh, friend, colleague, mentor Ron, he's pushing the edges with sound right now. Um, and sound frequency. So I'm very interested in that. He's, he's, yeah, he's a very, he's taking the sound to another level in, in my opinion. And, and I can see it kind of going in this direction. Um, but there's a timing for all of this too, right? So, so we like our tools, we like to feel things and, and he's kind of at a place where, Hey, we can just use our hands. Mm. Um, so, and I really believe we're going there, but we also need stages. Mm-hmm. So I, I can, I can be in both. I, there's, there's value in both. Um, I think, you know, where I'm 
I can see going into this is moving in that direction, but also understanding that we are a sound resonator and that we can change our frequency um, using different emotional frequencies, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, and to me, this is just like a process of inner alchemy. So from anger to forgiveness and after, if you stay in forgiveness, it elicits joy is the, you know, um, fear to trust to wisdom. And the Taoists were always talking about like, they said, we're here to transmute fear into wisdom, but you can't, it's like, well, wisdom is just wisdom. You can't make wisdom happen. Wisdom comes from our essence. Mm. So, um, I'm very interested in, in that inner alchemical process. It's like, Hey, you have fear. This is, this is lead. This is un, this is untransmuted wisdom available. We just need to transmute it. And how do we do that through trust? It's just your call to trust. So using sound in different ways, like that to me is still using sound and frequency through the emotional body. So we can use sound that we can hear, but we can also attune our system through different feelings. Mm. And I feel like, you know, I, my, when I beginning the, the, the podcast with you here is everything I do is pointing us here, but it's hard to stabilize there because we have these old psychological patterns. And the Tao said, we're not going to be able to go directly to wisdom. We have to actually go through an inner alchemical process because we've moved so far away from our true nature that we just, to, to stay there, to go into that coherence or go into that heart is going to be, and sustain it there is going to be very challenging because we've moved so far away. So we're going to have to do a process of inner alchemy. So that, that is what really excites me. And that's all my research with the eight extraordinary vessels. Mm -hmm. So tuning your system without even a sound tool, but based on just your consciousness and moving your saying, Hey, I can feel fear in my system. That's okay. It can run through. And I can also remember trust. It's not getting rid of fear. It's just like making space and saying, yeah, that's just a call to trust or the anger over time or the resentment over time. That's just a call for forgiveness. Um, judgment over time is a call for compassion. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is a call for faith and gratitude. So just remembering these, I call them our soul frequencies. Like we have, our limbic system, which is great. It's, it's the anger, the fear, the anxiety. That's great. But to stay there, you know, consciousness needs something to move to and a new program. And to me, that that's the program of the eight extraordinary vessels, you know, self-love, trust, compassion, forgiveness, faith, gratitude, unity. Yeah. So, um, remembering those and saying, we're not getting rid of our humanness but also we are also divine. So how do we embrace our humanness and our human emotion? There's every, there's nothing wrong with it, but also remember our divinity. Mm -hmm. And I think that to me is a frequency change, you know, mm -hmm. and there's a forgetfulness in our divinity and, and that all life is sacred. And my sense is when we can see that in ourselves, we can see it in life. And then it's like, how can we hurt the sacred? You know, how, if, if we can see all life as sacred, how can we ever inflict harm? We can't, but we have to see it in ourselves first. Yeah. And bringing that awareness back. So using, you could say, getting the person involved in their own um, movement of consciousness mm -hmm. from reptilian brain to divine brain, <laughs> you could say, <laughs> and not throwing, the, not throwing it away, saying, hey, you're there too but it's not my only operating system. The word that came up was to help people tune in. Tune and in. I thought it was a very apt word because tune, of course, yeah. is, is what we do when yeah. we're uh, 
playing with music. Absolutely. It's just like, and this is a tuning station, Mm -hmm. you know, all those words that I said, like compassion and trust, this is all coming from here, gratitude, faith. It can only come from here. Um, The other ones are more limbic. It's Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is going to keep you alive. Great. Fear. Um, Helpful. Anger. Helpful. You know, this mm-hmm. is all. This is when the system is in a survival. This is great. We have a survival mode and we have a thrival mode. Mm-hmm. And how do we start to get someone from survival to thrive? Yeah. And it's just changing, you know, the 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 where you're perceiving life from. Mm-hmm. And the, those eight extraordinary vessels with that sound again, the heart knows sound. Um, it knows feeling. Mm-hmm. So combining the two and amplifying. Um, and then to me, that's what is going to sustain. The person has to understand their system and how to retune. And then it empowers them. It's like, hey, when you're afraid, it's just because you forgot trust. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stay. You can acknowledge and embrace the fear and see what it does to your body and just watch it. But also remember, you can trust right now. And the word you said helps them sustain, I feel, is super important because mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's, um, that's the thing. That most of us in this this industry are aware of that yeah. people are going to come back to us week after week after yeah. week, and if we're looking at ourselves as practitioners, yeah. we, we have to wonder. Yes. What what are we not doing that's that's failing to facilitate change, and what are they not doing? And yeah. I think that the sustain question of yes. wellness is so important, and yes. to think that there's there's a modality, there's tools out there that yeah. very again subtly help yes. sustain these alchemical changes. Yeah. I think is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah like a takeaway mm-hmm. and the sound can definitely um i'm noticing like with the different frequencies it can get it can open the channels channels for that remembrance because mm-hmm. it really is you know a journey of remembrance yeah. yeah 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 you know i feel like we could probably talk for another 10 probably. or 15 hours <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we just scratched the surface just here barely yeah. scratched the yeah. surface but um I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up, but I do have one last question mm-hmm. and it's, it's for anybody who's interested in doing this. Okay. Um, of course there's, there's level one acutonics yeah. and we're going to be hosting one yeah. relatively soon, right? Yeah. Uh, which I'm excited about. Um, but other than taking level one or for those of people who would be interested in it, are there any resources, anything that somebody could do to learn more about acutonics or sound healing that you would yeah. suggest? There's, um, well, I, I say, man, if you are interested, come, there's a reason there's, there, you're, there's something there that is pulling you. And I've noticed in the past, uh, students will be interested and then they'll be shy to sign up. But I think I just want to put the shout out to say, Hey, the reason that there's that hesitation is it's often because <laughs> they're, they're not going to leave the same person. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come into the workshop. It's not just going to be, you're going to learn to be, how do you sound? It's like, you're going to go through a transformation yourself. That's, that was my journey being a student in acutonics is like, oh my gosh, I want to take this next level, but oh my gosh, oh, do I really want to? And I would have to go through my whole process because intuitively I think I knew I wasn't going to come out the same. So I had to be okay with going through that process. So I notice coming up to a workshop, oftentimes people say yeah, I'm in it and then something, no, I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. I won't do it this time. No, I'll wait. Um, if you can do it, I say push through it and see what's on the other side. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part of it. Um, and if, if somebody's just like, Hey, I'm interested in, in okay. sound oh, yeah, in general, the, are there any books, any resources, YouTube channels, anything that you could point them to? 
Oh, so much. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, there's so much now on sound. I'm trying to think of some of the books out there. Um, oh, there's so many different, I mean, look at Dr. Emoto's work with okay. um, using just, again, sound using words and water and how that changes. Cymatics, you can go into seeing how sound creates certain patterns and those patterns you can see how it's manifested in the physical. Um, no place like Ohm textbook. Um, they can either order it directly through me or they can just go to even Eastern Currents mm -hmm. and get that textbook. It's an acutonics textbook and it is a beautiful introduction right. to the acutonic system, sound, and kind of starts to give them the language that they're going to um, uh, experience during the, the workshop. Right. Yeah. Question. I'll okay. run it off. Okay. One sentence. Okay. Describe what acutonics is. Oh, that's so good. It's a system. So sounds stand, these sounds are the sounds that stand in place where we forgot spirit. And so these sounds are just reminding the person of who they are. That's beautiful. What a great place to uh, tie a bow on a conversation. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. I always enjoy our chit chats. Me too, And this Jess. has been another lovely one. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Okay.